it's going to be a beautiful time we want to dig into the world uh, but before that as usual i have a new joke okay this was an young guy walking in the beach he was going through his uh, early 40s he was walking in the beach in england and he was talking to god and god asked him son what do you want me to do i will do everything for you and he said god i haven't been to america but i have a hard time flying would you make a road from england to new york so i can just drive through the bridge and arrive there and experience and the lord said son what the heck you're asking it's a lot of logistics you know the amount of material needs to be used to build bridges it's not going to be possible ask something else so the guy was quiet and then he said god i've been married for three times i have no clue how woman thinks i have no clue how woman talks when she says yes is she really meaning yes when she says no does she really mean no i really want to know how she thinks how she acts how she behaves maybe you can do that there was a long pause and then god asked him do you want six lanes or eight lanes <laughs> anyway lift up your bible and say this after me lord jesus influence me this morning ah Holy Spirit I pray that you will speak to us this morning it's going to be a beautiful time of uh, knowing the real purpose of Christmas uh, and uh, help us to understand and as we go out of this facility I pray that we will be agents of hope in the midst of hopelessness and all God's people say amen, amen. so my title is very simple Christmas God orchestrated he chooses and uses and uh, let me tell you a um, couple of uh, statements I want to make from a famous a uh, church planter called George Whitfield he said this Jesus was god and man in one person that god and man might be happy together again amen Jesus was god and man in one person that god and man might be happy together again but i believe this is very important when we talk about christmas now the whole meaning of christmas has changed the meaning of christmas is like i'm going to get my new ipad now or i'm going to get my new shoes or what i'm going to get but i wrote down here the goal of god in your life is to bring forth jesus in your life the greatest compliment anybody can look at us and say i see jesus in you amen that is the greatest compliment not like oh wow your eyes are so beautiful oh your ears are so nice or your dress or you have a six pack i have a six in one pack it's called combo offer <laughs> okay it's not about what people look at you and say it's the greatest compliment is like man the way you dealt with this relationship that shows jesus that's my prayer for papa's house we will represent christ very well amen and i wrote down here the goal of god in your life is not to make you happy but is to make you holy we run after happiness we run after things and i'm not against happiness we all need to be happy hello but happiness is the byproduct of holiness amen look at me at the end of the day when you go up in heaven you're not going to be saying god is good you're not going to be saying god is happy you're not going to be saying god is faithful you're not going to be saying god is righteous you're going to be singing one thing god you are holy amen and what is holy 
Holiness is nothing to do with externals. Religion tells you holiness is to do with externals. But kingdom tells you it's a heart transformation. Is my mind, is my heart, is my whole being, my soul, is my soul, which is the emotions, willpower and my decisions to make my heart, is it aligned with the spirit of God? Amen. So let's talk about what is not Christmas. Somebody says, oh Christmas. Uh, You tell them, this Christmas is not about Santa Claus. Christmas is not about stockings. Christmas is not about biryani and pumpkin pie. Although we're going to be having biryani after this. Christmas is not about hot chocolate and snowflakes. Christmas is not about Christmas tree and decorations. Christmas is not about stars and carol services. Christmas is not about how much you will get. Christmas is not about relaxing on your couch and watching your favorite ball game. Christmas is not about finding your best deal on the market. Christmas is all about realizing the gift you have received internally and eternally. Amen. It's about the greatest gift you have received internally, but it's also eternal. If you look at the whole Christmas God orchestrated, it's amazing to notice he orchestrated the stars so that this wise men could follow. He orchestrated the angel to go and tell the shepherds. He orchestrated in such a way the virgin Mary could be able to get a word from God and say, yes, I pondered on the word. I will move on. It's amazing to see Joseph. But you know, he did everything, but he forgot to make a reservation for the hotel. That's what the Bible says. Hello. My humor is a little dry, but you have to catch up. He did everything, but there was no hotel reservation. The Bible says they could not find any inn to stay. They have to go and find a stable. Why? Because I will tell you this. The goal of God is not to just make you feel good. is to produce Jesus in all of us. And to produce Jesus in all of us, there are four characters God used to produce Jesus in this world 2,000 years ago. These are the four characters. Joseph, Mary, shepherds, and wise men. Say this after me. Joseph, Mary, shepherds, and wise men. These four characters significantly teaches us four principles. First one, Joseph. Joseph cooperated. This guy, he thought my virgin fiancé, teenage fiancé, is now pregnant and he knows if he tells publicly the punishment, the capital punishment is stone, death by stone. So he pondered and he was like, I don't know what's going to happen. But he thought he would just dump her secretly. That's what happened. But the angel visited him and gave him the word. And this is my principle. The key principle I wrote down. If I want God to choose me and use me, I need to cooperate in God's plan. Amen. So many times we want our God to fit into our plans. Let me tell you, it's not going to work. If God wants to choose you and use you, how many of you desire that? That's my desire. I'm desiring for each and every one that God will choose you and use you. But in order for God to choose us and use us, we have to cooperate. What is cooperate? This is very simple. My spirit yielding to God's spirit. Hello? That's what cooperation. Cooperation is not tolerating. Hello? Tolerating is like, anyway, have you ever been on a third class train Without tickets, yes, many times. I slept even with a cardboard on the floor. 
because no tickets, you have to go. Anybody enjoyed that trip? Nobody. What do you do? You hold on, you hold your breath and sometimes there's no seats, your only seat is available close to the bathroom. You don't say, I'm having a ooh-la-la-la kumbaya time. No. You tolerate. Why? Because you are focused on the destiny and you don't mind paying the price now. Hello? We want to see God use us, choose us. We need to cooperate. Jeremiah 29.11 says, I know the thoughts I have for you, thoughts to prosper you and give you expected end. Joseph did exactly what the angel of the Lord commanded him so that he woke up from his dream and took his wife and went. My friend, the first principle I want you to learn this during Christmas, I will cooperate. My will will cooperate to God's will. That's why Dr. Miles Monroe said the most precious gift God has given mankind is the willpower. And the most dangerous gift God has ever given to the mankind is the willpower. Why it is precious? You can use your will to do God's will. You can use your will to do against God's will. Amen? Let's make a decision today that I'm going to cooperate. It's going to be painful. Cooperation does not mean all will go well. Hello? Easy way is not necessarily the highway. Point number two, Mary. Mary was scared to death. Remember, this, the Mary that you're talking about, it's a teenage girl. Okay? It was not in her 20s, finished her college and waiting there and put it on Tamil matrimony or Christian matrimony and the father is waiting for a you know, groom. No, no, no. It's a teenage girl. And teenage girl got pregnant. And all of a time they were preparing for the wedding and now she has to go and tell her, Honey, we are not preparing for the wedding anymore. We are preparing for receiving a baby. Imagine, there was never a story of Mary before. There was never a story of Mary after. So imagine what would go on Joseph's mind. Imagine that somebody comes and tells you, like, hey, by the way, you're going to be get pregnant, but you will not sleep with your boyfriend. The Holy Spirit is going to make you pregnant. Is this a story that sometimes makes you feel like, is it possible? That's what happened. But what Mary did, Mary was scared to death, but she pondered on the word of God. This is my principle I wrote down. If I want God to choose me and use me, I need to be the men and women of the word of God. You need to hold on to the word of God. Many times you hold on to other people's opinion. My uncle said this. My auntie said this. My professor said this. Listen, all those words will fade away. The word of God will stand. Amen. You know, I remember people told me like, Charles, you will not be able to be very successful. You will never be able to go to the nations because you are from the Indian community. You are from a Tamil community. Plus, you don't have the language skills of speaking. Because in Tamil Nadu, 20 years ago, when we got tar, we never used it on the floor. We used it on the signs wherever it says Hindi. We rubbed it. So I, you know, so I never grew up learning Hindi. So I, I grew up with all those things. Even my dad, I told him, I want to start a Hindi class. And he looked at me and he said, Tamilan Adani? So are you Tamilan? I mean, he was a Pentecostal guy, but I guess it's like Texan. I'm a Texan and then I'm an American, that kind of thing. But I remember holding on. The Lord said to me when I was 18 years old, I'm 42 now. He told me, he will take me to all over the nations and preach the gospel. I look back everybody's word failed but the word of God he has taken me more than 100 countries to share the good news why I'm telling this I hold on I hold on to the word of God because I know my redeemer lives 
Amen? So, what is the second principle we can learn from the life of Mary? If God wants to choose me and use me, I need to hold on to the word of God. Are you holding on to the word of God? We all make New Year's resolution, right? How many of you do New Year's resolution? We do. Like, oh, yeah, Lord, by January. But how many of you remember what resolution you made in January? Now, we say, the Lord knows my heart, brother. See, this is the thing. We forgot what God spoke to us. What is the promise this year God spoke to you? Do you remember? The one of the promises God spoke to us, he said, this is a year of supernatural glory. What is a glory? His glory does not mean Michael Jackson's smoke mission. Glory basically means the mind of God, the weightiness of God. He said, you will go through challenges, but my glory is not going to leave from your place. Amen. And we are experiencing left, right and center, not just in Velour, wherever we go to teach, we see the glory of God manifesting. Amen. So we hold on to the promise of God. Why? Because that is the word. Word of God is the ultimate word. Every other opinion, write it down this principle. The opinion of God is the most important opinion in my life. Amen. Turn to someone and say, it is not over until God says it's over. So this is the second principle. Mary was scared to death. But she pondered on the word of God. Joshua 1.8 says, study and meditate the word of God. My friends, I want to tell you, we are blessed with technology. There is an app version called version. It even has, a, you know, you can drive, you can just plug that in, play those chapters. You know, one day I tried from Vellur all the way to Chennai. I, didn't, I, I did it up to the second toll close to the Sri Prambudur. You could literally finish the whole book of Genesis. Hello? Amazing, isn't it? Just like, boom. You know, now sometimes, how many of you feel when you open the Bible, you feel divine sleep? Let me be honest. I, I'm one of those categories. Anybody can agree with me? Yes. Why? It's because enemy will never allow you to read. If you go only by the feelings, he will make sure you will feel in such a way you will never read the word. That's why I get up in the morning, drink a black coffee, no sugar. Why? Because... I want this to wake up. Otherwise, when I open up, I feel Pastor Pillow is calling me back again. It's a choice. Number three, shepherds. What the shepherds did? They celebrated. Look at shepherds. Shepherds, they were low class, stinky, smelly, uneducated, lowliest, not really accepted in the society people. But when the angel of the Lord came and said about Jesus, they hurried to see the baby. When they returned, they sang praises to God. Most of the world despised them, the shepherds. That's why even many years ago, when Joseph was introducing his family, he told them, hey, tell them you are shepherds. So you will be given one particular land. Why? Because it was a low thing. Hello? Yes or no? Today we don't be proud of taking a goat and a sheep for a walk. We are proud of taking our dogs for a walk. But we never take proud of taking... Imagine if I come with CMC. Two goats this side, two buffaloes this side, walking. You'll be thinking, <laughs> yes or no? But imagine I have a lab here, I have a golden retriever, and I walk there. Wow! Amazing! 
So shepherds, they were stinky people. But look at what Philippians 4, 4 says. I'm reading from the message version. Celebrate God all day, every day. What is the principle? The principle is very simple. If I want God to choose me and use me, I need to celebrate every day God in every area of my life. Not just on Sunday lifting up your hands. No, every day celebrate God. You know how you can celebrate God? By being grateful of what happened in your life. You know, all of you here, you look beautiful, handsome, dressed really well. You know, there is a city here in Velour, 800,000 people live. Almost 5,000 homeless are there. You know, Brother Sunil knows how many slums are here. So many people don't even know where is their next meal comes from. And if we complain, you know, sometimes the modern Christian church complains and talks about persecution when their coffee machine is broken. We say, oh Lord, why are you persecuting me? The coffee machine is broken. I want to challenge us. Celebrate God. Think about the goodness of God. Why don't you take 10 seconds, lift up your voices and thank God for the goodness he has done in your life. Let's do that. Let's practice it. Let's say, God, I thank you for the salvation. I thank you for the clean water. I thank you that you give me a roof on the top of my head. I thank you that I have mattress to sleep. I thank you for the family that you have given me. I thank you for the health. I thank you that even though the roads were messed up, you gave me a vehicle to drive here. I thank you for your provision. Why don't we lift up your voices? Just take 10 seconds. Lift up your voices and thank God for. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Let's do it. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. This is what shepherds did. They celebrated in every area of their life. They could be complaining. They'd be like, what you're talking about? Look at my situation. I'm alone, cold, in a weird place. But they didn't complain. Rick Warren says, if you complain, you remain. If you praise, God will raise you up. Amen? Isn't it beautiful? I'm excited about this because I believe God wants to produce Jesus in everyone's life. So what is the first one? The first one is Joseph. He cooperated. If I want to see God choose me and use me, I need to cooperate in God's plan. Second one, Mary. Mary pondered. If I want to see God choose me and use me, I need to be men and women of the word of God. Number three, shepherds. If I want to see God choose me and use me, I need to celebrate God in every area of my life. Are we going to celebrate God? Not when things go well, but when things don't go well. Like David says, Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, your rod and your staff comfort me. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, it's the attitude that counts. Amen. Last but not the least, this is my favorite one. I'll tell you this. Wise men. Wise men, the principle we can learn from them is dedication. You see, If you look at the verse, Matthew chapter 2 verse 11. And they came to the house and saw the child with Mary his mother. They bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures, boxes and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And we can talk about this three, why three gifts. We don't have time about it. It's another day we can talk about why these three gifts. It's beautiful. It's actually prophetic. And uh, But look at this wise men. They were not puffed up in their mindset. I want to challenge us. Sometimes when we know, this is what John Maxwell says, the day you realize I have grown, that's the day you stop growing. Hello? 
in tamil there is a palamuli it says katrad kaiyalavu kallaadathu kadalalavu olagalavu something like that it's been a long time and so this is the reality sometimes we are so focused on what we know but we don't even know what we don't know and we become like a fools in front of people i want to challenge you that you will dedicate your life this is my key principle i wrote down if i want god to choose me and use me i need to dedicate my time my gifts and my talents you know the problem with many of us that we always complain about the gifts that others have and what we don't have i used to say oh i don't sing you know somebody asked me when i came into the church are you going to sing tamil song i said to them you want to stay in the church or you want to leave <laughs> because i know my strengths i am anointed to sing in the bathroom my anointing falls apart when i get out of the bathroom you know and i have the audience of one there that's it but i think it's time to realize what god has given us gifts everybody here you are not a copycat you are not a photocopy everyone is unique amen and when god created i've said this before when god created you after he created you you broke the mold amen that means you are a unique masterpiece i want to finish off by giving you some practical uh tips romans 12 talks about offering a living sacrifice remember i'm talking about how can god produce jesus in you there are four principles in romans 12 we can talk about the first one the more you celebrate and less cranky you will become that means create an attitude of celebration find good things even in the messed up stuff find out that god you know what joseph said you meant for evil but god can turn it out for good amen so less cranky more celebration the word cranky is what the germans used for kranken house which is called hospital hello and they call the ambulance kranken wagen which means cranky people get into the kranken vehicle go to the kranken house second principle more thankfulness and less worry many times we worry worry is a negative way of meditation what's going to happen i'm like this i'm still single oh i don't know what's going to happen i don't know if she's going to like me i don't know if he's going to say yes celebrate amen celebrate god don't ponder about what happened ponder about what has already happened christ in me is the hope of glory amen number 3 love more judge less love more judge less when you talk about love more what does that mean don't try to find fault you know some people are very good until they open their mouth you know one pastor's name is came called yesu padam feet of jesus open your mouth it's different i want to challenge you guys when you open your mouth don't say yeah brother sunil is good but all oh, lenu is good but when you hear the word but you move your butt from that place don't stay there because that's gossip god doesn't dwell in gossip amen last one care more criticize little care more criticize little you know don't try to find fault in everything don't try to say oh this one this one this one no care more the world is not going to be impressed by what you know the world is going to be impressed by what you give 
Amen. There are a lot of millionaires in this world died. Nobody knows, but people still remember Mother Teresa. People still remember Nelson Mandela. People still remember Martin Luther King Jr. People still remember Gandhiji. Why? Because it's not about how much they accumulated. It's how much they gave. I want to prophesy over all of you that you will be known as people when look at you and say, well, this guy is reflecting Jesus in every area of his life. Amen. I wrote down here four practical questions. If you can write it down, think about this throughout this week and maybe we can put it in practice. Are you cooperating with the Holy Spirit to see Jesus exalted in your life? What is cooperation? That means your spirit is yielding to God's spirit. Who is Holy Spirit? Spirit of Jesus. Who is Jesus? Reflects the heart of the Father. Trinity works together. Amen. Number two. Are you keeping the opinion of Jesus as your most important opinion in your life? In other words, his opinions are higher and has a greater value in my life. I am a world person, not a world person. Amen. That means people can say whatever, but man, I know my Redeemer lives. He spoke this word. He will do it. Number three. Are you being grateful to what God has given you? Ungrateful heart can't celebrate God. You can't. You can't. Cranky person will never be grateful. They are always complaining. Everybody's fault for their mess. Let's make a decision that we will be grateful to what God has given us. Make a list. We do that every year. Make a list. We go through this. We take the calendar. We go through this January. What's something God has done? We write it down. February, you go through this. The nations. This year, God took me to 16 new countries to preach the gospel. I look back and I say, my goodness, how come you open doors, you know, in Bosnia, in Bulgaria? A beautiful city, by the way. You're going to be going. And, and it's amazing to look at it. And I look back and I say, wow, Lord, you took a guy who's not educated, who's never got all the skills, but you took me to the nations. I look back and I say, wow, it's only God. It's only God. You know, he, he provided us beautiful staff, amazing committed people. He gave me a, amazing, the most beautiful girl in the whole world. And she came running after me and said, please marry me, you know. That's an amazing work of the Lord, you know. Fourth question. Are you hiding your fears and exposing your talent or hiding your talents and exposing your fears. Bill Johnson says this, we are called to pour gasoline over our dreams and water over our fears. But what we do? We are pouring gasoline over our fears and water over our dreams. Identify people in your life, in your circle. Who is the gasoline God is using to add value to your life, to add dreams in your life. Somebody you rub shoulders with, suddenly they feel like, wow, I talked with this guy for five minutes, now I'm excited to move in my life. Not like, I talked with him, now I don't know where I'm going, brother. I had a vision until I had this vision. Amen. My prayer is that, that when people come in contact with you and say, I met five minutes with Josh, five minutes with Brother Ivan, five minutes with Brother Emmanuel, and five minutes I talked with Brother Sunil. Boom. Five minutes I rubbed shoulder with Prithivraj. Changed. My life changed. What does that mean? That you are adding fuel to the dreams of God. 
Amen. Amen.